0: So we moved to Halifax when I was eight, March of 1988, um, and, and it was a big move. Um, my dad worked for the Holiday Inn, and he had a promotion which involved moving to Halifax, and so the four of us. I'm the cute top picture, I'm the cute one in the blue sweater down in the corner with an amazing smile. Um, my older brother is the one rolling his eyes. He's got Morena on his shoulders, and Devin is in my mom's arms. Uh, so my family is still in Halifax. Uh, my parents divorced when I was 12 and my dad is in Toronto. Um, but the rest of us, I I say we're still in Halifax as I'm sitting here. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, every, yeah. So the bottom picture, the bottom, like that side is clearly one of those Sears Christmas pictures that you can get. And then the other two, um, The top left would have been when China was a year and a half. So I would have been almost 16 in that space. And then the bottom one, like the actual fancy photo, I was 16 in that picture. Um, And as most of you know, and for those who don't, uh, Tate is my sister, Um, the Joneses in-law. I don't know how to say that. So you can, you can see her happily smiling down in the bottom picture, and then she's up in that top picture too. Um, so as I said, my parents divorced when I was 12. My dad moved back to Toronto, and at that point, up to that point, we hadn't gone to church as a family in Halifax, but I had gone with friends. And at that point, I didn't like church because the churches that they went to were very regimented and very blah, 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 blah. Um, after my parents divorced, the the community of Christ in Ontario connected my mom with some people who were in the Halifax area, and we started doing home church. Um, I think it was once a month. I know we went to Greenwood um, because some of the families were in... Uh, the military, so we would kind of go back and forth, and I remember going, and I remember being intrigued by this Jesus person, and when I said, well, geez, I'd like to get baptized, (laughs) one of the ladies who was my Sunday school teacher looked at me and said, well, you need to do these steps first. You can't just do that, and I kind of went, huh, I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to follow the steps. I'm not doing that. So at some point, I don't know how many months we went, I don't know how long we went, but we did eventually stop. My mom was raising six of us, so to get six of us out the door on a Sunday morning, though it wasn't like the crack of dawn, it was, it was still a lot, so we just stopped going. Um, in 1997, in January of 1997, I was working at McDonald's and I met this boy. And this boy, was intense and we were intense. And we started dating and we connected and we clashed. (laughs) It was just, it it was just a connection and I can't describe it anymore. If you have met that person or a person like that, you just, you understand those feelings, right? Like I can't really describe it other than he, he was my person. And so we dated for quite a few years, not a few years, sorry, a few months and on May 8th I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. I was 16. Um, At that time I was turning 17 in the summer. Um, We told his mother first. His dad was significantly older than his mom so it was more of a conversation with his mom and his mom looked at me and said you'll ruin his life. He will flip burgers for the rest of his life if you keep this baby. It's like, all right, Uh, went and told my mom, and she looked at me, and she said, you can do this. She said, we can do this. You're not alone. We can get through this. Uh, In September of that year, I found out I was having a girl. Uh, I told this boy, Uh, because according to him, his family could never have girls. He had brothers, his dad had only had boys, like boys and boys and boys and boys, and And I was like, ha ha ha, I'm having a girl. Uh, Around that time, because it was 23 years ago, 24 years ago, I remember lying in bed one night and I cried out to a God that I didn't believe in, and I said, If there's a reason, I will do this. I will get her through high school. I will do everything that I can so that you've got to do it, because I can't, because I'm 17. Uh, I think we can go to the next photo. (laughs) So this is my girl. Um, The top left picture, I threw that one in because that's Tate in the corner. This was a baby shower that my friends threw me. Um, And you can tell that I'm super impressed by having my photo taken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's us in the hospital in the middle one. Madison was born um, 11 days early. Somehow over Christmas, I started losing weight as I was like eating like there was no tomorrow because you're pregnant and it's Christmas and there's everything. Um, So they induced me. So she was born 11 days early. She was five, seven, and she was the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen. Um, Those are pictures kind of over the years. So I was still in grade 12 um, when she was born. And my mom told me that we would get me through high school. And then from there it was, you know, she wasn't kicking me out, but she's like, you need to figure out your plan from there. So the bottom left picture is my prom photo uh, with Madison in a beautiful white dress because I thought she should wear that. Um, and it was, just, it was just wonderful. I am not a um, study by a text pers- textbook person, so I was happy to be done high school. Um, from there, I did go to Dal for a couple of weeks, um, but then I was reminded, one, that I have <laughs> an eight-month-old, two, that I have no money, and three, that I hate learning by textbooks. So I went and I got a job um, at the Sears Call Center. And uh, during all of this, for the first four years of Madison's life, the relationship with her biological father um, was iffy. Um, and back in the 90s, um, it was very much the female's responsibility if they kept the baby and the boy could go do whatever. So he did Go and do whatever, and he came back every now and then, um, but it just it just never lasted. Um, we just parted ways. Uh, in September of 2000, I went to the Nova Scotia Community College for a office administration course um, because the because the call center was closing, so I needed to do something with my life. Um, and I graduated in June of 2001. So that was 20 years ago, and there are days where I feel like I'm 20. (laughs) My body doesn't agree with me, but my mind thinks I'm 20. The the math is somewhere in there, That's right, that's right. And I signed up with a 10th agency, and they put me at this engineering company for two weeks. And so I started working there, and I am not a math person, um, so putting me at an engineering company made me laugh because I'm like, I can answer your phones, but I don't understand a thing about what you do. So I was sitting there and I was working and um, you know, doing all the things that you're supposed to do. And the door opened and this guy walked in. And he walks up to the desk and it's got like the desk where I am and then like the upper counter. And he leans on the top part and goes, how much for all of the company's secrets? And I laughed and I said, I am the wrong person to do that because I don't know where they are. <laughs> and, and we kind of chuckled about it and he was there to see his roommate. So I called his roommate out and they went and did whatever. But that guy kind of stuck with me because though I'd had Madison, I had dated guys, I, had, I, I knew a bunch of guys, but this guy had something different. He walked in the door and there was something different about him. He just wasn't another person walking through the door. But I didn't know what it was. And he was my coworker's roommate. So I'm like, I'm never going to see this guy again. Whatever. And then on October 27th, a different coworker of mine had a Halloween party. So I went to this Halloween party, and some of our other coworkers showed up, and he had a bunch of his friends, and blah, 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 and there were all kinds of people. And that guy who had walked through that door and was trying to convince me to sell the company secrets was also at that party. And we talked the whole night. And there's, I mean, we've got stories from that night that I won't get into, because it's really not relevant, but we talked the entire night. It was a great Halloween party. We went on our first date on Halloween. We went to go see a movie. And the power cut out at the theater. There was a storm that night, so we went to Tim Hortons and we talked, um, and we talked for a bit. And while I had dated most guys who you date at 19, 20, 21, kind of look at you and go, "Oh, you've got a kid," and you never hear from them again. And I was okay with that. I was working on. I I had figured that it was it was me and Madison. We were gonna look cute forever right and we're gonna do this and we're gonna figure out whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing but this guy kept calling and I kept calling him back and we kept dating and we kept dating and this guy went to church and he never asked me to go to church but I knew he always went to church and then there came a day a couple of months into it where I looked at him and I said why don't you ask me to go to church and he said something along the lines of, well, I didn't think you'd want to go. I was like, well, let's go. So he and I went. Can, can I pause you there? Like, th- I don't mean for this to be a weird question. Did you even, like, realize what you were asking? Did you even, like, did you have a desire to go to church and you were just wish, or did you just, did it just kind of come out, or like... A- I'm just trying to picture, you know? I believe you, I obviously. Don't, I don't remember. No, you know what I mean? No, it's like... <laughs> I don't remember. Because I've heard other people say things like that. All of a sudden they have this, this interest in church and can I go to church? And it's like, why did I just ask that? I don't like... And that's yeah. kind of how it starts for them, so it's interesting. And I mean, I'll take it back to, like my friends went to church when we were in like elementary yeah. and junior high, but it was so that they could get to communion, like wherever they dress up when they're 13 and they do something. Confirmation. Confirmation. There you go. Know, but they only went when they had to, like they were not regular church goers. Their parents might have been, but they weren't. So this guy at 24, 25, was willingly going to church every week. And he was really the first person that I had met who was willing to do that. And I'm like, this is, maybe I just thought it was strange. Like clearly there's something. So we started going. Uh, we were going to the Halifax Christian Church, um, and there were all kinds of people there. and. Uh, They didn't look at me like a single teenage mother. They didn't look at me like, you've already screwed up your life, like just go away. They were like, that's great, two new people. You know, (laughs) Madison started going to Sunday school. (laughs) 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 Madison started going to Sunday school. I started making friends with the people. It it was very much a community. Like it was just, it, it just was a community. Um. And so from there, I feel like, so, so Kent is that guy. I, <laughs> I have him in my notes pretty much as that guy, like up until we get married, but I kind of figured I'll just blow the secret right now. Mysterious church man. That's right, that's right. So Kent was in Halifax doing his master's in engineering, and when he was done, he got a job in Fredericton. And through the last couple of months of us dating, I was looking for more, right? Like I was okay with being a receptionist, but I didn't wanna do it for the next 40 years. It was like, there's gotta be more, hence my wandering, right? Like I just like to wander. Um, so I decided to go to UMB, so I applied to UMB to get my business degree, figured since I like this office stuff, like let's take it up a notch and see what happens. So I moved, Madison and I moved to Fredericton in September of 2002. And within about six months, I remembered why I never went to university. And it's because I don't like textbooks learning. However, I also remember something that somebody had said to me of, you'll never get an education. So where there was that conflict in me of, well, I don't like to learn this way, but I have to prove somebody wrong. So I stuck with it. Um, And we kept going to church in Fredericton and, you know, building a life in Fredericton and whatnot, and kept going to church and and the thought of getting baptized, like it wasn't something that I ignored, it just wasn't something that I was like, I'm just going to do this just to say that it's done. I wanted it to mean something. You know, I've done a bunch of things that just to have stuff done, like a university education, and I didn't want it to be that way. I didn't want to see it as a flippant thing. So in February of 2003, um, I had a dream. <laughs> and, was, and I've tried to explain this to people, so I really hope it comes across visually, but I can't. It's hard. So I had a dream where I'm staring at a hill, and on that hill was three crosses, and on one of those crosses was Jesus. And the background was like this beautiful crimson red sky. And, and it was just, and I was just standing there and I was like, oh, this is really strange. <laughs> what a weird dream. And, and I was just staring at Jesus. And I wasn't really thinking anything, at least not that I remember. What I remember is that Jesus looked at me and he said, if I can do this for you, why won't you get baptized for me? Uh, That Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving of 2003, Kent proposed, um, and I said yes. (laughs) Um, We were married in August of 2004, um, and at that point, I was still going to UNB. I was desperately trying to finish it, desperately. Um, I was working, I was planning a wedding, we bought a house, and we were pregnant. Like I try I kind of try to gloss over that all the time, but people can do math, so I don't even bother trying to pretend. Um, we can go to the next picture. Oh, nope. So there's our wedding. So that's obviously Kent and I, and that's Madison. I think that's the one picture she was smiling in, and it's not even like a professional photographer picture. Um so we can go to the next picture now. So Julia was born. On January 30th of 2005, um, and she was she was beautiful. She still is. It's not like that's changed. Um, and at this point, you know, Kent and I have realized, and other people have asked us. So Julia is my second child, but is technically Kent's first. Um, We've been married for 17 years this year, and at no point through this has Madison and Kent considered themselves steps or not belonging to each other. There is none of that. As soon as we told Madison that we were getting married, she started calling Kent dad. Like there's no lines of one family or the other. However, when you have two kids seven years apart, seven years and three weeks to the day, and one of them is the first, one of them is the first official grandchild for his parents. It's, it's kind of fun watching it through people who are doing this for the first time's eyes, and at the same time, i was still exhausted. I was trying to finish school. Um, I graduated UMB in October of 2005, um, and Julia had attended classes with me that summer, so I could finish. Wow. Yeah, a little stroller and a bottle and all that, and it was wonderful. When I graduated, I started just working um, government jobs. Kent was still at the same job that he had moved to Fredericton for. We had a house. We were, you know, doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. Um, And then, if you want to go to the next slide, uh, we had Zach. (laughs) And and Zach was it. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Not doing this anymore. (laughs) I loved being pregnant. The whole like birthing part was not fun. So I was done. Um, The bottom picture with Madison holding Zach, it might be hard to tell, but Zach, uh, it came out of Zach from every end and we didn't have enough clothes for him. So he is wearing the sleeper that Madison came home in when she was born. So it's pink, like it's a beautiful pink. I'm sure he's quite pleased to, uh, you (laughs) know. Um, So that was great. Our family was done. Uh, There was five of us. We were happy. We were working. I was kind of going from job to job. I was okay with that. Um, You know, every job I had was full of other working moms. So, you know, there was no question about having to, you know, go away to to look after the kids and whatnot. And things were going along great and dandy. Um, And then we were presented with an option in March-ish, March-April of 2009. Um, and Kent was presented with an opportunity to go work with a different company, or stay at the company he was with and take a promotion uh, slash move to St. John. Um, And we struggled with it um, because Kent loved his job, right? Like it wasn't that he was unhappy with his job, it's just this option came up. And at that time, I was working somewhere where I was getting to the end of my rope and I was ready to find a different job. My boss was not the nicest or the best. And I was like, I'm at that point where I need to find something. Like I need to be challenged again and I need somebody who appreciates me. Uh, So we put our house on the market in June of 2010 and started building a house in St. John at that same time. I think you can go to the next picture. So this is the house that we started building in St. John 11 years ago. Kent started commuting and I started studying to become a consultant at Investors Group. So I was hoping that my business degree background was gonna help me with all kinds of math that I'm still not really good at. <laughs> so we moved into our St. John house in October of 2010. We're still owning a house in Fredericton. So at this point, it is October, uh, we have two houses worth half a million dollars, we have three children, we have one income, and I was going into a commission job. So there was, there was a lot of stress. And I'd like to say it was easy, but I can tell you that for the next couple of years, I struggled with God. I was, I, it, it was just a struggle. And I'd like to say that I came to church on Sundays and like put on a happy face and made y'all believe that I was okay, but I'm pretty sure that if you guys thought long and hard about it, you'd be like, oh yeah, I could see that, and, and, and I struggled. I felt that God put us here in St. John, and now all of a sudden we're in a spot where I'm like, I don't, like seriously, I don't even have words, like I still can't even put it into words other than really, like what? Um, so for the next couple of years, I, I struggled. Um, I fought with God, I ignored him, I, I just, I refused. I flat out refused. Um, In 2013, I left Investors Group to go to PC because we still owned two houses, still had three kids and had one income. And I needed money. I thought that that was gonna be, you know, like that will lessen my stress. Uh, So that was in March I started. In June, Kent showed up at my office. He and the company that he had been working for had been playing a game of chicken to see whether he quit first or they let him go. They were just, they were just at a crossroads. Um, and, and Kent and I had been talking about him looking for something else, looking at his options. And to me, the best bet was for them to lay him off because then that meant they gave him severance. Like there was there was a better financial outcome for us if they did that. So thank goodness I had a job that paid me. <laughs> Though for a whopping seven days, I think, Kent was unemployed. Like, it, it wasn't, like, I looked at him and said, take some time, figure this out. You've been working for a decade, right? Like, breathe. Um, thankfully, he did not listen to me. Um, I think he took a day, uh, but then he started looking, and he'd be, been in the industry for 10 years. So he quickly found a job with a company in Fredericton that needed somebody in St. John, because, of course, at that point, I'm also going, are we moving again? Do I have to try and sell a house again? <sighs> so mm, 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 mm. so that was kind of a nice little I was still angry at God I was still really angry um, a year later i was I went back to investors' group um because I struggled and that 's a whole other conversation about my career um Towards the t- end of 2014, I was tired of being angry and frustrated and mad at everything, and I threw my hands up and told God I was ready for whatever. I'll, I'll just do it. In 2015, January of 2015, we still owned two houses, still had three kids, still had one income and one commission income. And our tenants, so we had rented out the house in Fredericton for five years. We'd had a couple of tenants, like it worked out really well. We we lucked into some good tenants who looked after the place for us. And they moved out, our last set of tenants moved out in December, and Kent and I had had those conversations about what do we do. I had been to a conference in the fall, and I heard this uh, CEO speak about his company called Wine to Water, and it had really started to stir something in me. So though I was still angry, and though I was still struggling with God, I sat down with Kent And I said, I think it's time for us to sell the Fredericton house. And I think once God sells that house for us, we need to go on a service trip. It wasn't a mission trip. They weren't, like the company is not out to preach the gospel. They're out to do the service of what the gospel tells us to do. And Kent didn't say no. And we didn't argue about it. Uh, So we put the house on the market. I think it was like the 8th of January. It was a Friday. And within a week, we had an offer on the house. We accepted it, it was conditional, but we're like, it's sold. Like we, we see an end, God has said, ta-da. Um, so we ended up actually closing on the house in April, we sold it to somebody else, all that kind of stuff was done. So between actually putting the house on the market and it selling in April, I was talking with a good friend, you know, and, and she knew my struggles. She had been one of my go-to's over the years about everything, and she looked at me and she said, do you really think you did this on your own? She said, do you really think that you got to where you are without God? And I kind of looked at her and was like, what? (laughs) And she said, two houses, three kids, a boatload of debt, one income, and you work on commission. And she said, did you guys tithe the whole time? And I said, yes. And she said, so do you really think that you did this on your own? As somebody who works with money and deals with people with money, there's no reason that we should have made that happen. There's no reason why we should have lasted for five years. We should have been bankrupt. We should have been on the street. We should, like, there's so many things that should have happened. But clearly, um, God was not, well, he might have been upset with me, but he was okay with me being angry and was still doing what he needed to do. Um, So that was kind of a nice wait, a realization, I guess. People point out a lot of things to me that takes me a really long time to notice because I'm pretty stubborn. (laughs) It's a family trait. (laughs) The summer of 2015 was the start of my next chapter. When people ask me what my favorite age is, 35 will be my answer and I don't know if I'll be able to top it. Um, Clearly, I'm only gonna be 41 tomorrow, so uh, God's got, hopefully, lots of time to make that change. Madison started grade 12 in September of 2015. and and My note says, how is my girl about to graduate high school? Didn't I just do that? So it was kind of a big, you know, wow, like she's in high school. Uh, So in September, so later that month, in September, Kent and I went to Rome. He was there for a conference, um, and we saw all the beautifulness that is Italy in that space. In uh, the, we went to the Amazon in October because God sold our house, and and we committed to going on a service trip. So we paddled down, paddled down the Amazon. For people who watch Survivor, like the original Survivors way back when they put you in a little boat and you'd like putt-putt down the river, that's what I felt like we were doing. And I was so excited and it was such a trip and it was so, it was just so good. Even as we swam in the very, very dirty Amazon River knowing who knows what was you know, kind of swimming around us. So that was kind of freaky. So the Amazon in October and then we were in Vancouver in December because of Kent's company and the kids were convinced that we were part of the mafia from Italy (laughs) to (laughs) (laughs) Colombia to Vancouver. Uh, After Christmas, and this is a rough patch for me, um, after Christmas I felt God telling me to go to Nepal with wine to water, same idea. When we were in the Amazon, we went and we provided clean water to a community. So they were also doing this in Nepal. I did not handle planning that trip well at all. I did not handle telling people about it. I did not handle preparing myself for it properly. I just sucked at it. But that trip changed me. Uh, It was the first time that I had ever been overseas by myself. It was really, other than Italy, it was the first time I had been overseas that I remember. Um, and it changed me, and it changed me in ways that I can only tell you about later, because there's a dot that it connects to. But it was wonderful. Like That trip, I got to go in an airplane, I got to see the top of Mount Everest. We went down into the valley of um, Chitwan, and we rode elephants, and we provided water to four communities in this little, like there were four communities within a community. Um, and they were so thankful, and they were so happy that we were there, and they helped us, and it was amazing, and again, that's a whole other story. Um, And I came back, and I was different, and I didn't know why, but I just was. Um, You can go to the next picture. Oh, so that's our house sold. (laughs) I was super duper excited. I think you can go to the next one. So this is my girl's graduation. Uh, Clearly all of us are in there. Um, But she did it. We got through to the end of high school. And when you have a weight on you that you don't know you have, and you get to this point, it was gone. I felt hundred pounds lighter. I know I carry my stress in my shoulders, but it was gone. I did it. And it took me a bit to remember that 18 years earlier, I had cried out to a God that I didn't believe in to get us here. And he did. And he clearly did it better than I could have done on my own because it wasn't just her and I and it wasn't we clearly had a good life and and we were done <sighs> so okay hold on so that was june of 2016 she graduated like my Facebook memories are literally reminding me of this, because I clearly cannot keep track of how old my kid is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Madison and I, it was it was wonderful. She graduated in October of 2016. I had another dream, and I was I was still struggling with God. Like I was more on board with whatever. Like let's let's see what happens. But I know I was still struggling. And I was struggling with me, and I was struggling with my marriage, and I was struggling with my kids. Um, I kind of tease Zach and Julia now that they have to kind of look after themselves because I'm done, right? Like I I got the kid that I needed to get to high school done. (laughs) So October of 2016, I had a dream. And I was in a room, I was in a hallway, and the hallway was made of clouds and there were windows in these clouds like not like actual windows but just like open spaces and i believe that it was jesus who was walking with me i don't know for sure but there was somebody with me and we were just walking and i was struggling with whether or not i was i was actually saved whether or not my baptism meant something whether or not i truly took it in whether or not I knew what I was doing, whether or not I I knew anything. And we were walking and we were walking and we get to the end of this hallway that's made of clouds. And I was looking out at more clouds. (laughs) But they were like the nice kind, like when you're up in an airplane and there's just clouds all around you and there's blue sky, like it was a beautiful view. And God was standing next to me and he looked at me, he said, I've got you. I know what you're doing, I know where you're going and your eternity is safe. So it was another one of those moments. And it was still just a little bit later that I realized I was baptized in 2003, but the Holy Spirit came to me in that dream. That was kind of when it was like, you get it, right? Like you kind of had to go through, I had to go through a process. I'd like to say it's been smooth sailing since. So that was October of 2016, 2017. I think you can go to the next picture. This is where we're going to find out what I... So this is a f- these are photos of my last decade, um, the trips that I've been on, the things that I've done, and I didn't do any of them on my own. I was stubborn about a bunch of them. Um, but I didn't do any of them on my own. That is, that is literally you with an elephant at the bottom, is it not? Yep, yep. Okay, I dare anyone else to have a similar picture, just saying, <laughs> I dare you. So the bottom one, the elephant is in Nepal. The top one is my slothy. Um, it's a sloth selfie from the Amazon. Uh, Kent took me to Mexico for our anniversary one year, which is this silly one where I'm singing. Mount Vesuvius, uh, uh, Universal, um, those are, is it the Himalayas that has Everest in it? Whatever those, yeah, so that's the middle one. Um, Ottawa, uh, my 30th birthday party on the bottom one, and then just a photo of me. Um, I think you can go to the next one now, too. So this is a part of my 2000, like since 2017. Uh, so we were privileged to look after Jada and Adriana for eight months, um, and it really put me to the test, um, and it, it, it put a strain on our marriage because, um, Kent and I are different people (laughs) and we view things differently, though we do, we agree, right? We're like, we are absolutely, um, taking them in, um, and it was wonderful and it was great and it was frustrating and it was hurt all at the same time. Um, in 2018, I went back to Nepal. Uh, oh, that's where the end of my notes are. I went back to Nepal, um, again, at what I felt was God's prompting, um, with a different group of people, and we went to a different place. Same, same intent, provide clean water. We were starting a whole project um, for big whatever, whatever. And towards the end of the trip, uh, we got to go see a project that they had d- just finished that was like the one that we were working on. And it was beautiful. Like I don't, I think of Kathmandu when I think, I used to think of Kathmandu when I think of Nepal and it's very crowded and it's very dirty and, and it's its a nice place. But when you get outside of it, its it's even nicer. And <laughs> on that walk to go see this other one, on the way back, I fell and I hurt my foot. <laughs> And it it swelled up really big, and that was fine. We got to the hotel we were staying at that night, and I knew it was in the area of one of the places I had been two years before. And we had provided a well for them, and we had stayed longer than we should have to finish that, because they didn't believe that the white person was coming to help them. So we were determined to not be those white people who just showed up and left. So Lisa, the the guide of the thing, and I were chatting about it, and she said, if we get up really early tomorrow morning, she said, we can get like a motorcycle ride to that space, and we can see how they're doing. And he said, that would be awesome. So my foot at this point is like this big, and it's nice and swollen, but I was up, we were up at 5.30, I hobbled my way, thankfully they got us a car versus (laughs) a motorcycle, and we went. And we talk about, in church, how sometimes you don't see what you're doing, how it's going to affect somebody. You don't see the outcome, because it's, it might not be for you to know. So we had provided water for this place, for this tiny community that had been forgotten by the government, and when we pulled up in this car, and Lisa and I started walking around, I was hobbling, but it was worth every second of it, and this community was transformed. They were, Nepal has a caste system, and they were the untouchables. They were the one that nobody's, like the government's not even willing to help them. And we gave them water. And in the two years since it had been that I had been there, they, um, they had animals, they had gardens, they had built new houses, they had a store. And their kids were going to school every day because the kids weren't having to help their moms walk for half an hour, one way and then half an hour back to get water. And it's not just like you can you know like the buckets of water were like this big and it's a walk because we did it two years before because we needed the water to help with the well and and it's not an easy walk. so the kids were getting an education the moms were able to go out and get work, or they were able to continue with like the crafting that they do so that they could bring in more money, and I saw it. And, and I have a video of it where you, you can tell that I start to cry during it, because it's just such a different, and I got it. I got that I was there to serve other people, specifically women, to make a difference, because, because that's what God has told me I have to do. So it was 2008. Uh, I think there's one more picture, so this is more, (laughs) did the color run, Um, that's Nepal up in that corner, Uh, Disney, Italy, Amazon, and and Madison and I um, in Paris. And I don't really, like there's, from there I have felt God very much moving and telling me to do things. And I'd like to say it was an easy ride. I'd like to say that the last couple of years have been wonderful and fantastic, and they haven't. I've had wonderful and fantastic moments. Um, We went to Mexico last year right before the pandemic hit. And while we watched all the horribleness that this pandemic has done, I also know that God has been with us every step of the way. We walked into the pandemic both employed. I quit my job because I hated it and I knew that it was not what I was supposed to be doing. Um, And I started one that I believe is what God is telling me to do. Um, and, And that's where I stand today, the day before my 41st birthday. So I am excited and petrified about what the next 40 years will bring because when I look back on it, it's really been the last, decade. I've spent the last decade figuring it out and, and knowing that God has been with me every step of the way. Um, and I'm going to end it with, because uh, clearly God knows what I need. Um, I was doing my devotions this morning, and I was, cry- I was already crying this morning, like I woke up pretty much ready to cry. Um, and it doesn't help. Uh, my sister from the UK comes home tonight, uh, and we haven't seen her in two years. So it's a whole other, I've just been crying all day, and I said to God, I said, I can't cry while I talk because I'll take forever. Um, But he gave me this verse, Philippians two, one to four. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand.